0: Hey everyone, it's Leslie Ludy, host of the set apart girl podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. Today we're going to talk about how to have joy in the midst of trials. And this is something that God has really been pressing deeper in my life over the past year as Eric and I have walked through some challenging situations, challenging financial struggles in our ministry and just different things that have been hard to walk through. My default reaction is is to say hey I just can't handle this it's too much for me I have an excuse or a reason to be down and sorrowful and depressed and I began to really lay this area of my life before God afresh. This is something God's worked in my heart in different seasons of my life, and I've done other podcasts about finding true happiness and what God has done in my life. But this past year, it was just a fresh reminder. And so I want to share some of those things that I've been recently meditating on with you. One of the most powerful things that has helped me during times when I'm struggling to have a joyful perspective is to read or listen on audiobook to stories of Christians throughout history who triumphed through extreme trials and difficulties. And I read about women who were in concentration camps for their faith in Christ. And it's amazing to me that they suffered as much as they did and remained as joyful as they did. Some of my favorites are Darlene Daibler. She was a young married missionary in World War 2 and she and her husband were overseas and they were captured by the Japanese during the war and they were both put in individual work camps. And she went through incredible suffering. As I as I hear her story, I'm just amazed that a young 20-something year old girl who grew up in America with a comfortable lifestyle, just fresh out of Bible school, newly married, could walk through what she did and remain as triumphant and joyful. She was an example to everyone in that camp, all of the suffering and dying people around her, and even to the Japanese soldiers who were extremely cruel and harsh. She was an example of someone who never lost her joy, no matter how hard things got. And there was a, a moment when she found out that her husband had actually died in his work camp. And it was very devastating to her because she had never even gotten a chance to say goodbye to him. And she was very sick. She was weak. She was suffering. People all around her were dying. And yet she chose to surrender it back to God and say, Lord, I trust you. I give this back to you. I'm still going to rejoice in you. I'm still going to follow you. And that That example had an incredible impact on the commander, the Japanese commander of that camp. And even though he had been a horribly cruel man and just totally given over to violence and uh, just domineering a harsh personality he was so impacted by her life that he ended up eventually becoming a christian it was really really amazing just her choice to say lord i'm going to rejoice and the grace of god that she opened herself up to to say lord you'll give me the strength to be joyful even in the midst of this suffering and then of course there's Corey and betsy ten boom their story of the hiding place and when they went through that german concentration camp Their circumstances were truly horrific and enough to just make me shudder, even if I read a little bit of what they went through. And yet, they said that there was true joy in that place. And every single night, there was a little taste of heaven on earth because they smuggled a Bible in and they had nightly Bible studies. They worshiped, they read the Psalms, they praised God, they walked intimately with Christ throughout that whole experience. And even when Betsy died in the concentration camp, Corey was able to. To see her as she was dead laying there, but there was such peace and joy on her face. And it was as if she truly entered into the presence of God and had the fullness of joy. And it was even reflected on her face after she had died. And then there's Esther On Kim. Her story is in a book called If I Perish. She was this petite little Korean girl, and she had grown up in a very privileged home, but she refused to bow at the Japanese shrine during the time when the Japanese were taking over Korea. And because of that, for many years of her life, she was in a very, very difficult um, circumstance of being in prison, starving to death, being tortured for her faith. And yet there were many times in her story where she is crying crying. crying tears of joy because God counted her worthy to suffer for his sake. And then, of course, there's the early church martyrs. There's so many amazing stories of church martyrs who were so joyfully willing to give up their lives for Jesus Christ. And some even called the wild beasts their friends, the wild beasts that were about to kill them in the arena with spectators watching. They said, these wild beasts are our friends because they're going to usher us into the presence of our beloved king. And then there's Peter and John, the apostles, after being beaten beaten after being threatened. I'm sure they were they were hurting, they were bruised, they were bloodied, and yet it says that they left that experience rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for the sake of Christ. And there are modern day stories of this happening all over the world of Christians in persecuted countries who are joyful amidst their suffering. I remember hearing about Koreans in North Korea and American Christians wanting to know how they could pray for the Koreans in North Korea. And the Koreans said, we actually pray for you as Americans, that you would find what we have found. You have so much, and yet you're not very happy. We are on the run for our lives. We do everything in secret and hiding, but we have such grace of God that the presence of God is with us, and we have found such joy even in the midst of this hardship. That's very, very convicting. And as I read all of these stories throughout history, as I study the early Christian martyrs, as I look at the lives of the apostles, as I hear stories of even modern Christians that are suffering for Christ and how joyful they are, I realize, wow, what excuse do I have to complain about my life, to wallow in self-pity, to be down in the dumps just because things are not going exactly as I want them to in light of these amazing examples. And one of the things that I would say is so important, one of the most important lessons that we can learn from these heroes of the faith is that it's all about God's grace. It's about receiving God's grace. The only way that we could possibly rejoice in the midst of trials is by the supernatural enabling grace of God rather than just tapping into our own strength. If you are going through something difficult and you say, okay, I'm just gonna somehow muster up joy in this situation, that will not work for you. But if you say, Lord, I can't rejoice in my own strength, but I open myself up to receive your grace to do what is impossible in my own strength. When Paul wrote the words, rejoice always, I will say it again, rejoice, he actually wrote that from a prison cell. And that really is such an incredible picture of someone who says, yes, my outward circumstances are difficult, but the grace of God is enough to cause me to rejoice even in this circumstance. And I think I've told the story before of Jackie Pullinger. She was a um, missionary, still is alive, but had an incredible ministry for many years in the walled city of Hong Kong, a very dark and destitute place. And for so many years, she even shared her own home and her own room with People that were very destitute, prostitutes who were coming off of drug addiction, orphans that had no place to sleep, and people asked her, how do you handle that? You don't even have your own room. You don't even have any privacy. And her statement was, you may have your own room, but I know God's grace. God's grace can enable you to walk through situations you never thought you could walk through before. So I encourage you to take any difficult situation in your life and receive God's grace, apply God's grace, and watch how things change. Watch how that enables you to be joyful. One example from my own life was from quite a number of years ago when I had four children ages four and younger, and three of them were in diapers at once. So I had a four-year-old, a two-year-old, a seven-month-old, and a newborn. Now, this was a time in my life where I felt like I was in total chaos. I was under constant stress. I was not really getting any sleep. And I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown. (laughs) And I remember just going to God and saying, Lord, I can't do this. This is too stressful. This is too hard. And he began to speak to my heart, receive my grace. And as I did that, as I said, okay, Lord, I can't, but you can, I began to, love that time in my life. It went from stressful to beautiful. Didn't mean that the hardships went away or that I started getting more sleep or that there were no diaper blowouts or tantrums or anything like that. That The circumstances were the same, but I began to have a sense of humor. I began to find joy in the midst of every single day. And I look back at that time as a wonderful time in my life, even though it was hard because of God's grace. Now remember, grace is more than just the hug of God. It's the enabling power to do what you could never do in your own strength. And so when it comes to rejoicing in the midst of trials, take the step of obedience to say, Lord, I may not feel joy, but I choose to rejoice. And I receive your grace to do what I can't do on my own. And as you take those steps of obedience, he supplies the joy, he supplies the feelings of joy that you need. I love the story of Corey and Betsy in the prison that they were in. They were faced with a circumstance when their barracks was infested with fleas. It was already a very filthy and depressing place, but now it was infested with fleas. And Betsy challenged Corey, we are to rejoice in all things, give thanks in all things. We need to give thanks for these fleas. And Corey really dragged her feet on that one and said, even God can't make me thankful for a flea. But out of obedience, they both chose to say, Lord, we thank you for this trial. We thank you for these fleas. And what they found is that God turns all things to our good when we choose to rejoice out of obedience, even if we don't immediately feel the emotion. Not too long later, they found out that the reason they were able to have their nightly Bible studies and they were never caught is because the guards wouldn't go in that barracks because it was infested with fleas. So the fleas were actually God's gift to them and his protection so that they could read their Bible and worship and spend time with him and witness to the other prisoners. What an incredible story. So look at the difficult things in your life and recognize that when Paul said rejoice always, he wrote that from a prison cell. He did not write that out of his own strength, out of his own emotion, just because he was naturally happy to be in that situation, but because of the grace of God. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you want to take this truth of living joyfully deeper in your life. If you would like to learn how to build a lifestyle around heavenly joy, no matter what you're walking through, and connect with like-minded women from all around the world, I really hope you'll consider joining us for our 2018 Set Apart Conference, which is May 25th and 26th in Windsor, Colorado. Or you can join us via simulcast from anywhere in the world. And if you choose to do a simulcast, you can stream it up to three months after the event. This event is truly amazing. It will really encourage you. It will lay a strong foundation in your life to find your fulfillment in Christ and to truly be radiant with a radiance that impacts this world. It's a great event for women of all ages, so I hope I'll see you there. Go to setapartgirl.com to learn more about this conference, and I pray that you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.